and a project is underway to see if harmful malnourished kina can be plucked from the sea floor and turned into a lucrative seafood export. In parts of northeast Aotearoa, New Zealand, wild kina populations have exploded, grazing kelp forests back to bare rock and turning sea floors barren. The kinna don't die, but because there's little food left for them, they're not big enough to harvest and eat. Envirostrat is undertaking a pilot that harvests the underweight kinna and feeds them in a facility until they're big enough to export to an East Asian market. Johnny Wright is Senior Environmental Consultant at Envirostrat. Welcome, Johnny. Morena. Yeah, Morena, Catherine. What is Envirostrat, please, first? Uh, Envirostrat's a, a natural resource uh, consultant, so we're involved in a, in a, in a range of consultancy activities uh, within New Zealand and, and now more and more uh, internationally. Um, we, we consult into, into local government, uh, but we've also found our way into you know, what, we, what we term as impact projects, and, and the Kinonomics project sits you know, within that category. So what these projects are, uh, uh, they're, they're projects that have uh, a good commercial. Well, we want to identify projects that have a, have a commercial outcome but also uh, strong environmental and, and social benefits. So we kind of operate in between the space of, of research and development and the science um, and industry. And, you know, really the intent of, of these impacts projects is to, to de-risk and, and understand uh, some of the constraints um, of, of, you know, perhaps uh, kinner enhancement um, and really you know, form them up and position them for investors to, to take take them to the next step and, and really turn them into an industry. So it's a really exciting space to be working in. So, so do you have a combination of environmental or um, scientific specialists and business consultants? Yeah, we do. We, we, we have a range of, of, of scientists with quite a quite a diverse background in, 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 in the natural scientists but we also have um, uh, a number of people within our business with with strong commercial ac- uh, acumen so um, you know, we, we we operate in that space between you know finance and uh, and the environment um, okay. which is which is relatively unique let's talk about the kinna much beloved by some others ooh. Can't, can't, can't enjoy it, uh, but, but that's a big healthy kinner and people will happily fill a bag full and, and make a beautiful kai out of it. But what is barren urchin uh, and why are these a particular issue for marine life? Yeah, sure, and, and you're quite right. I mean, kinner in New Zealand, they have a, they have a lot of value. Uh, they're a quota management species, they're taonga, um, and they're, they're, they're a prized uh, marine creature. Um, but they're more and more these days. Um, you know, we're finding they're turning in some areas to be an to be an ecological pest. And you know, the drivers for that are, are perhaps not straightforward. But you know, from the research that have that has been delivered to date, um, one of the key drivers in in particular areas, particularly up northeast, where where barrens are a problem, is is the removal of some of these larger predators. So. The greyfish, the red rock lobster, um, and, uh, and snapper, for example. So they're traditional predators of of kinna. They're good to eat. So um, you know, there's a there's a there's a commercial fishery, you know, in these areas. Um, also, you know, a strong recreational fishery. And uh, the impact of removing those top predators is is urchin populations uh, grow effectively uncontrolled and. 
you know, Kenna, they're, they're hungry critters and, um, and they feed by preference on, on large kind of uh, brown kelp. So they'll move into an area um, and they will bowl down the kelp you know, pretty quickly because there is, a, there is a vast number of them out there. And, and what happens is, um, you know, they come in, they graze down the kelp, but they're also very resilient and they can survive on, on, on very little. Um, so they scavenge around perhaps for, um, you know, for small kind of tufting algae that grows on the rocks and, you know, maybe a bit of sponge thrown in there. So do and they literally persist, scorch but, earth if they're left there long enough without a predator? Yeah, it, completely. And it's, you know, you, you look at, you look at the underwater imagery and, you know, the contrast is, is quite incredible when you see um, perhaps a sequence over time of, 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 of an area that hasn't been impacted by by roaming by a roaming team of of, of Kenna and, so, and what it turns out and it, it does look like scorched earth. Mm. So let's talk about uh, how they are managed currently as a as a fishery. Uh, mm. Are the healthy Kenna currently harvested and exported? Is there a quota for them? Just explain. Yeah. So so currently there is a commercial fishery uh, in New Zealand um, that targets that targets wild Kenna. Most of that kenna is is harvested, uh, uh, is processed here and you then sold domestically. So there's a very, very small proportion that gets sold on to Australia, but the vast majority is is consumed here in New Zealand. New Zealanders love kenna. Um, but the commercial kenna fishermen, they don't target the barrens because basically these animals, uh, the, the condition of their row or their reproductive organ, which is you know the part that we eat, um, is no good. It's effectively shriveled up, shrunk, and it's about two percent, two to kind of three percent of the of the total weight of the animal, which is not a commercially viable weight to to, to harvest. I think. So you're trying you to incentivise a fishery where they currently wouldn't go, um, and yeah. and that means they have you have to put a value on the barren uh, on the barren kinner. That's going to be done by what? What would be the process of harvesting them and then taking them to this facility? In terms of uh, in, in terms of harvesting them, we would use a very similar method to what they use in the commercial space. So we've got guys going down on snorkel, so it's illegal to take to take urchins on scuba. So we've got we've got teams of guys on small boats zipping around, um, collecting them on on snorkel. And to get them to the facility, you know, for us we're quite lucky. Our species is quite resilient, so it can survive out of water for relatively long periods of time. I'm talking kind of 12, 14 hours, you know, out of water. Um, and in that time, you can get them to a to a land-based, you know, facility, enhancement facility, which is effectively a, you know, perhaps a factory type situation where you've got large tanks and pumps and pipes, um, and um, and place them in the tanks and. And that gives you an opportunity to to feed them something different, and that's where the enhancement piece comes in. Um, and one of our collaborators on this project is is Urchinomics. They're a um, they're a, a, an international sea urchin enhancement company that are working on a number of pilots, a number of uh, uh, urchin species around the world, and um, they've developed a a, a special diet, um, and we're effectively testing that diet um, on our on our species down here. So. What that enhancement process looks like is, you know, over a period of 10 to 12 weeks, you would feed them this this aquafeed. And, and what it is, it's, you know, it's like a fish feed. It's a dried pellet, almost like something you'd feed your, your cat or dog. Um, and you would place that in the, you know, you would feed the, feed the urchins up over a period of 10 to 12 weeks. And by that stage, you know, you get 
well, the, the testing that we've done to date, you know, you can expect, um, you know, to go from a row size of, or a row yield of about two or three percent up to up to close to fifteen percent over kind of a ten to 15, uh, ten to to twelve week period, which is which is fantastic growth. And it's difficult because you look at the urchins and they're not growing physically, you know, they're still a mature uh, size, but the grow on the inside that's what's really rapidly what's re really rapidly growing so so you know, what's the potential johnny if it's really going to make an impact you 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 really want to be restoring entire ecosystems and i can't help thinking in many ways the kinna uh forgive me the, the the canary in the coal mine for the um arguable overfishing of their predator species i know that becomes mm, a very mm. Where do, you, where do you draw the line? But when, a, when an ecosystem is being so impacted, that's a pretty good place to start. So you really want to incentivise um, pretty intensive harvesting to allow these ecosystems to restore. What's the market? What is the potential market and where for someone who wanted to commercialise this? Yeah, I think we're targeting East Asia as our um, as our export market. I mean, the demand, you know, for uni and um, and uni products uh, in that area of the world is is very very high. Um, it's been fed primarily from from wild caught product, um, but more and more we're seeing you know a lot of those fisheries starting to decline. So, you know, naturally there's going to be a farmed, um, or we we think there's going to be a farm product or an opportunity for farm product and come up and meet and meet that demand. Um, the scale is is important, um, not only for you know encouraging a uh, I, I guess a um, you know an, an economically healthy um, industry enhancement industry, but also on the on the kelp restoration side. Um, urchins are super abundant super abundant and one of the constraints we have is accessing um, enough kinner or enough quota um, to be able to extract um, and enhance and actually see the benefit of of that cow okay. restoration but but it's not it's not a silver bullet here right I mean if we extract you know sea urchins from a particular area um, you know there's nothing stopping other urchins um, from other areas coming in and kind of reoccupying that space. Okay, so we need understood. to be quite strategic in how we do that. Yeah, understood. And that's, that's part of the process. So urchinomics you're working with and also I think Ngoti Puro Seafood's about halfway through the, 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 the project, would you say? Halfway through the sort of pilot? Yeah, we're about halfway through. Um, it was an 18, you know, we planned to have it in an 18-month pilot. Um, so, you know, we're planning to wrap things up by, by mid to late year right. next year. And um, Let's know how yeah. it all goes. Thank you. Johnny Wright is with Enviro Strat.